0: I'm Dr. Mandy Beats, and you're listening to the Behind the Braze podcast. Each week, I'll be sharing conversations and resources to help families and providers navigate the world of scoliosis. This is your place to find hope for a better solution so that you can live your best life. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast. As you know, June is Scoliosis Awareness Month. And um, we are here with Teresa Tusher from T3 Fit Scoliosis. Um, She is here today to talk about um, her scoliosis journey and what she does. And I'm so excited. We were just visiting a little bit um, a few minutes ago. And so I'm excited to um, have her tell you her story and what scoliosis is about for her. So um, Teresa, go ahead if you are still there.
1: I I am. I am. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, So my story started, uh, I was about probably nine years old, eight or nine. I don't really remember, Um, but I was diagnosed and uh, I grew up being a ballet dancer. Um, and I studied at ABT and Joffrey in New York City. And around the time of eight or nine, I don't remember how they found out that I had scoliosis, but I was diagnosed. And I went to an orthopedic, and uh, I was given a brace. It was the Milwaukee brace. And I remember they put me in a uh, cast. You know, like they wrapped your body mm-hmm. up in a plaster cast, and then they cut it off. and And I got this brace and. Uh, the only thing it's like a torture chamber. I describe it kind of as like what Frida Kahlo would wear when she broke her back. Um, I had leather hips and I had a belt in the back and uh, there was a metal rod going down the front of my chest and there was a screw in the back to tighten it. Um, And I had that brace for a couple of years and then it didn't seem to be working and, My mother wanted, somehow got me to go to another doctor. I think it was through the, my grandmother suggested it. And I went to go see another doctor and they saw the brace that I was wearing and said, no, uh, we need to update you a little bit. And so then I got another brace and it was plastic with a big hole in the front so that I could grow. And I didn't grow much, but I had the brace and um, there was some padding on one of the scapulas. And there was a belt, a couple of belts in the back. It was a lot more comfortable. I had that brace and I was told to do, I'm going to say in air quotes, physical therapy, which was pretty much like doing the bird dog. And uh, that didn't work. And my curves increased to a 45, 50. And I was about 12 years old. And I went into the doctor and they said, you're going to need surgery. And that was pretty much it. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't even understand what my scoliosis was about. I just knew that I had to wear a brace. Um, And so I had the surgery and uh, the surgery was done in New York City uh, with two orthopedics at the time. Um, And I was in the hospital for two weeks And the surgery, I think, was about 12 hours. And I had Harrington rods fused to my spine. And I don't remember uh, where my fusion starts and where it ends. Um, For me, it's not personally important. Um, And so that was in 82, 83. I had the surgery. My career as or my potential career as a ballet dancer stopped. Uh, I auditioned for uh, LaGuardia High School, which was at the time, it was a really big school for performing arts. And they saw my scar and they said, no way. Um, So that was devastating. And then as time went on, I just kind of learned to live with it. I learned to move differently. Um, I did not, when I had the surgery, uh, I was told, you only have to wear the brace uh, in a moving vehicle, and don't go in the water for long periods of time. And I had had my surgery towards the summer, and I was 12 or 13 years old, and I was at a private lake, and I was on the beach, and I was like, "There's no way you can tell me that I can't go in the water for long periods of time." I didn't listen. I swam. I did my thing, and and that was pretty much it. The you know, like I said, my my potential uh, career in ballet was gone emotionally. Uh, it was destroyed, um, but I I learned to move and 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 live with, with being fused. Uh, when I was in the hospital, you know, my physical therapy was just kind of walk down the hall. And I remember when the first time I went to the bathroom, I saw the string uh, hanging out of my spine, and I kind of got freaked out. My mom said I turned green. <laughs> um, but I, and I didn't have painkillers for a couple of days because the IVs had come out of my arm. So I had black and blues and I looked like a junkie. And they said, the only way we can give you a painkiller is through a needle. And I said, no. So after a couple of days, they said, we can give you a pill. And I said, okay, I'll take that. Um, and that's, I was in the hospital for two weeks and that's really the short end of uh, that time of my life with scoliosis and then i just learned to live with it you know nobody nobody gave me any guidance because at that time there wasn't really any guidance to be given it
0: was so when the surgery sorry so when you were done after the surgery mm-hmm. you had your follow ups and then it was just yeah you're go one to about go yeah life and and everything's
1: just you're good to go and just do your thing and I think they gave, they suggested that I use, a, uh, those clip things, you know, that have a long neck to pick things up. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, but I didn't, I didn't use that. I didn't, and I had to learn how to bend, you know, I learned to pick things up with my toes to put them in my hand mm-hmm. because bending forward that I, it was, I didn't feel like that was an option that I had. So I had to learn how to squat or pick things up with my toes and, and then, yeah, and they were like, okay, you're good to go. Have a good life. Yeah.
0: See <laughs> ya. That was, that was 30 years ago. <laughs> so, so when you, so from there, how, like, through your adult life, mm-hmm. what has that looked like? How has that been for you? And I know, like, you, there's more to your story of, the, of what you do now. Um, yeah. So if you could share a little bit of what you do now and why you do that and, and how that next 30 years went. So
1: the 30 years were just pretty much do your thing, you know, do, do what I can with the limitations that I had. Uh, If I wasn't comfortable doing something, I pretty much didn't do it, but I always um, found a way to move. And sometimes that would just be walking and uh, being in New York city. It's really easy to do. (laughs) Just walk. Um, (laughs) Just walk. I, I, I can walk for six miles in one day and I'm fine. Um, but that was, that was it. And then I'd lived in Germany for seven years uh, and I rode my bike everywhere. And even in the snow and the rain, it was like the fact that I could move. And I think looking back on it, somehow feel freedom was really big in my mind. Um, And then, yeah, and then I came back to the States and it's been now 11 years. It kind of, you and I talked about this. It's kind of interesting how things evolve because 11 years ago, uh, I turned 40 and I walked by myself in the mirror one day and I said, who is that person? And I decided to go on a path of losing weight. So I signed up with a personal trainer and I set myself some goals of losing. I didn't, I had a number and I didn't have a time, and so I set those goals, and um, I met my goal, and then I continued to meet my goal, and it, it kept moving, and uh, then I became a personal trainer, and as time evolved, I really, people would say to me, you have the best posture of anybody you know, of anybody I know, and I'm like, but do you know why, and um, it just kind of it, it evolved from there. And, you know, being a trainer who has scoliosis, who is fused, it's very rare. And um, I, yeah, I working with people who, who have some type of disability within the spinal world, my daughter included, because she was diagnosed a few years ago with scoliosis, and we practiced shroth religiously um, for two years and she wore a brace. Uh, but it, yeah, my, my, my journey of starting as a personal trainer uh, started for different reasons. But up until a couple of years ago, it's really just been guided towards working with people who, have, who are fused And giving them empowerment from a place where they feel like it was lost. And some of that comes with something that I'm really passionate about, which is training with a mace, which is a very long pole with a ball at the end. And uh, it's been around for thousands of years. Um, And working with the mace, uh, I have personally experienced through clients uh, that their range of motion has increased. Their empowerment has been gained. And they are, res- they are now seeing muscle definition for the first time. And they have been fused for 14 years. Um, so that's, that's, that's where life has brought me to this place today. Um, and it's, it's rewarding. It's so rewarding. I mean, it's, it's rewarding when I look back at where I started with the mace and the clumsiness of it. And, and now working with people who are empowered by it and who implement it into their life every single day. And there is no greater gift that I personally can receive
0: than being a part of their journey. Um, That's amazing. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> yeah, it is. I know um, when we work with families, especially after a surgery, um, I even see that now where, you know, I just had a conversation with a family um, last week, actually, where they had had a surgery. And this was just, I think, three years ago, and they have a surgery, and they're like, you're done, you're good. And so no follow up care. Um, sometimes I feel like they don't give them any direction. But then sometimes yeah. I'll actually tell them specifically, like, don't go see a chiropractor, don't go to the gym, don't, you know, like, don't, 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 don't. Yep. Um, and if it's not in that situation, then they just give zero guidance. And so then it seems as though people are, are hesitant because they don't know what to do.
1: Yeah, I mean, I hear time and time again, uh, surgeons have said, don't lift a weight. That's not realistic. You're, you're debilitating that person after they have already been, now they're, you have debilitated them and they are now living with limitations. That's not empowerment that doesn't serve a purpose for that individual because even a gallon of milk is a weight. And now you have put into their brain, don't do that. And they might be, they might now be living in a terrified world of picking
0: up anything. Which isn't realistic.
1: No, no. And so, so for me to be able to, to bring that to the table with people, uh, there's just there's no better gift, you know, for me. There's no better gift,
0: and uh, we do it through a mace. And it's- do you coordinate through other, um, like, do you have a network of other providers of how how you find, or how people find you? Um, because obviously, we you know we've talked about this about how you know um, the need to be knowledgeable and how each person's case is specific to them and what their Um, capabilities are and what's safe for them. So how do you go about um, coordinating that or what type of training did you do? Like, do you have a network of people that you work with in In terms of MACE training or in terms of like just everything Um, with the scoliosis patients that you work with? So if there, so
1: people will come up, people will reach out. And uh, first I tell them that I'm not a physical therapist because I don't, I'm not. Um, but sometimes, you know, I will, there are people on the East coast that I will refer if they are on the East coast and they are looking for some type of help and guidance based on their curves. I do refer them to reach out to, uh, Stroth specialists here that I personally know. Um, and if it's the right match, that's great. And if not, it's not, but, uh, Beth Terranova from strength and spine, We have also started, uh, formulating a group on the East coast where we meet with people who have scoliosis and who are fused so that we are growing a little community of networks, so that we're able to help each other through that. Um, and doing my podcast, I've also got, uh, people that such as yourself who I've spoken with, um, so that if there's somebody in Utah who needs a Shroth specialist, uh, He's one of my first episodes and I don't remember his name, but uh, I would say go talk to him.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I do have that type of network. um, And then I just kind of take it from there. Perfect. Does that help? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) no, that
0: is, that's helpful. Um, And so uh, I'm familiar with Stroth. So your experience with Stroth, so there's dedication to that, to, yeah going through that program. And so, um, with the clients that you work with, do you find, um, I would assume that's your, what you're working towards is being that support for them to help them move through that.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, people like some of my clients, it's, I find that, uh, people who are fused have a hard, I said this before I have, they have a hard time finding anybody who's like them. And I'm saying that in air quotes, Uh, moving physically, you know, with the limitations and they are looking for that specific thing. So while there are certain aspects of Shroth that I do know, um, I also got, uh, I'm not certified in Shroth obviously, but I got certified in Pilates, Matt Pilates, because it gave me the feeling of feeling normal. So to incorporate some of those things, because I know that Pilates is very. productive or helpful towards people who have scoliosis in specific ways. So I take those components of Pilates and incorporate it into our workouts so that it is safe and they're not walking away feeling overwhelmed. They're walking away feeling good, feeling decompressed, and feeling relaxed and strong.
0: And that's huge for somebody's emotional well-being to be able to have that key component in their life when they've been so disconnected.
1: Yeah. And it's, I think it's really hard for people and nothing against anybody who's not fused, but I think it's very hard for people who aren't fused to understand what it's like for somebody who's
0: fused. Of course. Right. If you haven't experienced that, there's no way to know what that brings.
1: And, And I've done podcasts, sorry, I've done podcasts with people who have shared the same experience that I have. So we have that bond of, mm-hmm. you know, you don't get it,
0: which if is, there's you, comfort in that anyway, sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. It, it's okay. Um, I, I think there's, I think everyone across the board can relate to that to some extent, because yeah. I think almost everybody has a circumstance in their life that has happened that they can say other people don't understand because this specific thing didn't happen to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where we can try to imagine or we can try to um, think about what that might be like. But really, you know, as with anything, until you have experienced that and you're in the middle of that, yeah. there's just certain things that you, there's, you don't have the ability to understand. Um, if you could go back, I always find this question interesting when I talk with patients and families. If you could go back, knowing what you know now, What have you, what would have you done different or what have you done anything different through your scoliosis journey? Oh gosh. (laughs) The reason I ask that, because obviously living in the past doesn't help us for where we're at now. Right. Um, Right. Like we can only move forward, but I find that sometimes um, families that are just starting their journey now Mm -hmm. who have no experience that. I've never had family that has dealt with this, that they don't know what this journey is like yet and they're just starting it. I find that sometimes if people who have been on this road for a long time could reflect back and give some advice or give some of, you know, what maybe they might've changed or something they would have liked to have known or done different or just a piece of advice from all of your experience, because yeah. you've had so much both with yourself and your daughter, what might that be?
1: I don't, I don't know that I would honestly change anything. Because I think that it brought me to where I am. And I think my story of lack of information was the, I, I don't know what the word would be, but it was I, the empowerment, the opportunity with my daughter to get all the information. So I don't, I don't know that I would change anything. Um, more support, maybe in some ways.
0: Mm-hmm. I know you but, talked a little bit about your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, how was it different going down that journey with her versus your own?
1: In the beginning, it was terrifying. Because the orthopedics said, we, because of you slash me, they wanted to move aggressively with her. And I was terrified. I didn't know, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I thought, is her story going to be mine? And then I had a colleague at the time who talked about Troth and I said, and she told me about it and I looked on Google, heaven and hell, right? The best and the worst. I was like, oh, I can't. Um, but I, I really was determined to change the dynamics. And so I said, I will do whatever I need to do to make her story different than mine. And, and we did, you know, we did, we cried together. We, we mourned together. We talked about what could happen, what might happen, what might not happen, the unknown. We talked about all of it. And I said, but here's what we can do to move forward and to change it. And that's what we did. And she said, at one point, she said, I want to have surgery. I said, no, you don't. No, you don't. You have the possibility to move and to be free with your body. And, and, and I'm accepting of my limitations, but I don't have that possibility. So that was, that was, that was, it was really big and it was hard and it was painful. But at the end of the day, her self-esteem is so much better than mine was because I changed the story
0: with her. And how valuable is that? Like, what a blessing that she has you to help her navigate that situation? Because I can tell you, I see patients week after week and that is not everybody's story.
1: It's not. And that for me is, it's heartbreaking because it doesn't have to be. You know, you and I talked about the choices Mm -hmm. that we have.
0: Right. Right.
1: So let's help to build up that child who's just been diagnosed and build up that family with empowerment.
0: Then let that
1: word bring them down.
0: And connection and
1: resources. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because right. there's
0: the positive of Google. There's a lot of resources out there, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. It can be a little overwhelming, but at the same time, uh, just to be able to make connections and know that you're not alone. You're not the only person. Yeah, There's a lot of people dealing with this. And just to be able to have that support is huge.
1: And when you're, when you're in some small town, it's that much harder.
0: Right. I know. And so small town is, is relative um, to like across the United States. Right. Because sometimes you can be in a bigger town and still isolated. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) With resources, right. Where you've got to go two States away. Yeah. To, to go, you might have a hundred thousand people somewhere, but not the right, the right people or or the right resources at that time. Yeah. Um, so do you work with other people that are not fused or is it mostly just no, I do.
1: I have, I have both. I have a range. I have some people who are not fused, who are just, you know, they have their, I have, younger people i have older people i have people who are fused uh, i have people who are not fused um i have people who yeah the, the spectrum is just across is broad. the board yeah
0: yeah and so what's the biggest thing and i know you touched on this a little bit but mm-hmm. what's the what's the biggest thing that you see for the people that you work with that they get out of this out of with training with for, mace yes with yeah with working with you and and having you as a resource what's when they go from like when you first meet them to down the road what's the what's the biggest thing that you see change
1: uh the dance that is required to work with the mace the coordination the mind skill or the mindset um because there are complex moves when training with a mace um, but the empowerment the you know the the feeling of being awkward to the feeling of moving freely. That's, that's, that's what I see. And I love because as I said before, coming from a dance background,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's complete freedom. And, and there are people that I have worked with who have said openly that it's uh, they don't know how to dance and now they're dancing with a mafes.
0: Do you feel like that's given you a little piece back? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's
1: taken my limitations away and, and given me
0: my mobility back. That's amazing. I'm so happy yeah, for you. you. Thank you. And it's taken a long time to get there, right? <laughs>
1: it has, and I wouldn't change any of it. Yeah, I wouldn't change
0: it for the world. Um, what, what hope would you want to convey to other people with scoliosis or other families navigating this?
1: That no matter where you are in your story. Sorry, there's sirens. It's
0: <laughs> <That's> okay.
1: <laughs> New York City. Right. Um,
0: <laughs> Always moving.
1: <laughs> Literally. Um, That no matter where you are in your journey with scoliosis, that there is somebody out there who can help you through the process. You just have to find the tools or be proactive in getting the tools for the person who speaks to you to help you through the journey.
0: And that is so true. There's an answer to every question. There's an answer to every problem. It's just about finding the right person. Yeah.
1: Because there's somebody out there for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it might be different.
0: It might be different from one family to one person to the next.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. So if they want to get in touch with you, Mm -hmm. if people want more information about what you do, where you're at, or to connect with you, where can they find you?
1: The best place to find me is on uh, Instagram. It's T three FIT. Um, you can also go to my website and shoot me an email if you have any questions. Again, it's T number three F fitcom uh, And the Instagram is usually the place that I am the most. Um, I, also on YouTube, uh, Teresa Tusher is listed there. Again, T number three F I T T. Um, but that's pretty much Instagram is
0: usually the best place. Perfect. Perfect. Well, we will share that. Uh, Teresa, I am so happy we got to visit today. (laughs) Me too. This was great. Thank you so much for
1: giving me the opportunity.
0: It's yeah. Thanks. Thanks for taking the time. I know life gets busy and it's such an important message. So thanks for sharing.
1: Thanks for having me. It's, uh, it's nice to be able to tell my journey.
0: Yes. And sometimes it's not easy. So I, appreciate you being vulnerable and open about that and sharing with other people.
1: I just, I hope it can help somebody.
0: Yeah, it does. Yeah. I know it does. <laughs> so thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for spending time with me today. If you could leave a review before you go, that would help us reach more people that need this message. To learn more about the services and resources that we have available, visit us at Behind the Brace. Com. This show is produced by Rayma Team Media. To learn more about how they can help you with your podcast, visit RaymaTeam.com.